Hi, I'm Jeff Wilson. I'm president and CEO of Precipitate Gold Corporation, which trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol PRG. We are a junior exploration company focused on gold assets in both the Dominican Republic as well as Newfoundland, Canada. Jeff, nice to meet you. Thank you for the introduction. Um, I will want to cover both sides of the business, the Newfoundland um, and also the, the Dominican Republic. So why don't we start with uh, Dominican Republic. You've just put out some news on the, 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 the joint venture you've got with Barrick. Could you just tell me a little kind of about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got an earning agreement with Barrick, whereby Barrick uh, has a right to earn 70% interest in our Pueblo Grande project, which is adjacent to their world-class uh, Pueblo Viejo mine. Uh, they've got to spend $10 million US over six years and provide a pre-feasibility study in order to earn that 70%. Uh, we're entering into uh, the third year here of the earning agreement, and Barrick has advised us on some of their uh, exploration plans for the next phase. Uh, we're quite excited about some of the um, uh, the targets that they are targeting in this next phase of work, and it's sort of a combination of both near-surface uh, epithermal-style mineralization, uh, just immediately to the west of their existing open pits at Pueblo Viejo. And also uh, what's quite interesting and exciting to us is they're also looking at uh, targeting a concealed potential porphyry uh, target as well at depth. So a uh, significant amount of groundwork, um, including some IP lines that they will be uh, surveying over that area, as well as, uh, which is geophysics, uh, ground, ground geophysics, as well as trenching and reinterpretation of a lot of existing uh, prior data. So we're quite keen on that. We expect them to advance this to a phase of drilling later this year, perhaps in the spring, summer, uh, sometime like that. And um, hoping that we can get some some interesting results about what might be there uh, on our ground adjacent to that world-class mine. Uh, they, they mentioned, I, I think the news release mentioned kind of up to 3,000 meters of, of potential drilling. Um, and that's a, that's a possibility for later in the year. Have they put a kind of a cap on the budget that they're allocating to the joint venture this year? The work commitment expenditure under the agreement calls for them to spend one and a half million dollars US um, between now and the spring. So we expect to see them get quite aggressive. I mean, obviously the type of drilling that they would contemplate doing, uh, we think will be quite comprehensive. Um, so we think they can hit that uh, one and a half million dollar mark uh, quite easily. So. Um, you know, combination of, and, that, and that's all, that's not just drilling, that's just, you know, that all the work that goes into this phase of work. So a significant amount of money would already have been spent through the geophysics and sampling and some of the additional work that they've done in preparation for drilling. Uh, but the drilling will be the, the real crux of the expenditure. And you say by the beginning of spring, which is a few months away, or I mean, it depends where you are in the world. Yes, that's right. It, uh, it's, they should get that expenditure commitment uh, satisfied by, uh, by April of this year. Goodness. Well, so so the, the, the drilling is going to be done soon. Very, we expect it to be very soon. So the IP work that, that, we, that, we, uh, that we talked about in preparation has been done. Uh, quite frankly, you know, the, uh, the drill planning and, and plotting of, of drill locations um, has been um, done by the Barrick team. So we don't expect uh, a lot more in the way of uh, downtime before they're able to to get that uh, up and running and, and and get that executed. Okay, and they've got um, abundant availability of drill rigs because they've got their machines on on site next door. 
Correct. Yeah. So they've got uh, they've got access to to all the necessary equipment there um, with from Pueblo Viejo. So yeah, no no real problems there in terms of you know importing exporting uh, that kind of stuff. We expect the drills to be on on hand and on site quite promptly. What are their obligations on reporting? Because one of the features of of working with the major is that that they don't feel the need to report anything because for for um, it, it's non material news for them. You know, it doesn't move their dial, but it moves your dial if they hit something. Yeah, we've we've actually found that our our relationship and and sort of uh, data and information exchange with Barrick has been quite good. Uh, they've been quite transparent with us, quite frankly about their plans and intentions and the work that they've done. We, under the terms of the agreement, it calls for a quarterly um, update from them. So each quarter um, we, we do receive a, a fairly in-depth uh, report from them on the work that's been done and the work that's being proposed. Uh, we also, uh, any approved budget for future work or plans uh, that's approved by Barrick is advanced to us for review as well. Um, so yeah, the, 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 and again, you look at the news release that we put out uh, earlier this year, um, about the work that's being done and some of the plans that they have, again, they were quite good at, at recognizing the importance of that kind of information for our shareholders and, um, you know, quick review of the news release. And they came back to us and signed off and said, yeah, no problem. Go ahead and, and, and report that. So they've been good, but it's a quarterly, uh, it's mandated in the agreement to be a quarterly update. So there's a possibility that they get the drilling done and that would be reported in the next quarter and then the results might come out in the quarter after that. I mean, just as a kind of a hypothetical timeline. That's correct. I mean, having said that, there's, you know, they get they get time uh, on the back of the end of each quarter to actually prepare the report. So there's a little bit of a time lag there between the quarter ending and, and the report being submitted. But um, uh, I believe it's about a 45-day turnaround between the end of the, squ- the quarter and receipt of the of the summary. But um, th- that's it, it's funny because the, the the life of a of a junior really kind of wants the news immediately. But you, even if it comes out later in the year, let's say Q3, it's still a um, it's good to have the work being done by Barrick. And, and you mentioned that the way that they do things is very thorough. I mean, I've got personal experience of this uh, when we were approaching Barrick with a potential uh, target area that they might have some interest in, they set a, a whole series of recommendations to us on how they would like to see the samples taken and all of the work carried out. It's incredibly thorough. It costs a bit more, but uh, it gets the data in good shape early on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's <clears throat> it's important for me to to, to qualify that, look, we, we really are not, uh, as precipitate goal, we're really not built to be a project generator or to, you know, the, the intention was not necessarily you know, to do deals with majors as, as a passive partner. But, you know, in this instance, we saw that this is a, this is a big land, uh, a land package. Uh, this is, you know, there, there, there was the potential for, for there to be misses before there were hits. And um, we think that, you know, uh, given the circumstances, uh, having Barrick finance this work and do, you know, good science, uh, systematic exploration to get these things to a drill stage, um, you know, could have been fairly dilutive. To uh, capital intensive and dilutive to a junior company like uh, Precipitate, and so <clears throat> although we are, you know, sort of obviously anxious at all times to get information from Barrick and to and to be able to advise our investors uh, on the work that's being done there, um, we also because we are not a project generator exclusively, we you know that sort of segues into some of the other assets that we hold, where we are 100% of uh, operator, we are financing those out of our own treasury, and giving ourselves a chance at uh, 
you know, ongoing news flow and and potential catalysts outside of what Barrick may do with with Pablo Grande. So it's sort of a two pronged uh, approach here in the portfolio where Barrick is advancing that on their dime, but our other assets uh, are fully funded by Precipitate. And you've got another asset in in the Dominican Republic. We do. So our project called Wanda Herrera was the first acquisition that we made in the Dominican Republic back in 2012. And um, that's an asset that sits adjacent to uh, a known resource there of about three and a half million ounces gold equivalent. Uh, it's gold and copper uh, operated by a company called GoldQuest Mining. Again, another Canadian junior. Uh, GoldQuest advanced that from discovery to uh, sort of development stage uh, very successfully. Uh, they brought on Agnico Eagle as a significant shareholder uh, back in, I think, 2016. Um, but that project has been stalled a little bit uh, due to delays in getting an exploitation permit. Essentially, GoldQuest is looking to do, <clears throat> um, you know, necessary geotechnical work to advance this to a pre-feasibility or feasibility stage. Sorry. And uh, so we've elected to sort of sit on that ground adjacent to GoldQuest uh, until such time as there's a little bit more clarity of path. And really, you know, the, the delays there are, yes, they fall on the shoulders of the government because it's the government and the ministry that is not uh, granting the the permit or the license. But, you know, I think it's important to note that <clears throat> it's sort of a, a local uh, issue in that the, the federal government has essentially said, look, we, we don't want any pushback from this if we if we grant this permit. Um, so, you know, please, GoldQuest, go and spend some time dealing with the local community, with, with any local opposition, and try to get everybody on side with recognizing the benefits of this permit versus uh, the detriments. And so um, there's some, been some time put into doing that. We've been rolling up our sleeves and trying to help GoldQuest on that front as well, <clears throat> believing that, you know, their success will be the, ben the benefit of all of us. So we've done a lot of communicating with the locals uh, with with the ministry, uh, with the mining department, try to help GoldQuest in achieving that permit that it, I think would then unlock the opportunity for there to be a significant amount of money redeployed back into that region through ongoing exploration and development of, of GoldQuest project. Is this a classic kind of social license issue? I mean, is this, is, is this the, the, the sharp end of social license to operate? It is. Um, I think that it's um, it's a little bit more complicated. Well, I guess every situation is complicated in its own way. I think what we've sort of um, identified is that it's less about a broad uh, sort of community opposition, and it's more about a couple of key loud voices uh, in the community who you know are decision makers or business leaders who I, I think, quite frankly, have their own. Uh, self-interests uh, that 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 they're looking out for more so than sort of the good of the environment um, or the community, and uh, we're just having to you know communicate with those individuals so that everybody can see the benefit of uh, you know mining operation, eventual mining operation, what that can do for the region. So yeah, it's 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 definitely I, again I don't think this is a Dominican Republic issue. If we were you know, applying for a pipeline across Western Canada, I think we would be running into some of the same issues and, and have to, you know, put in the time to make sure that everybody understood uh, the benefits or potential benefits of, of operating. I, I hear you. Um, I also know that these things can take an awful long time to resolve. <clears throat> so in some ways, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I'd just rather like to park that there and then move on to um, Newfoundland. I mean, the the the, the 
I, I don't think there's much benefit in us discussing it. It will resolve at some stage or it won't. Um, and then if it's resolved, then you can come and talk to it, um, to us in the market. Um, but so let, let's, let's move on to Newfoundland, if you will. Sure, absolutely. So in Newfoundland, you know, we, again, when we did the deal with Barrick, <clears throat> and because our uh, Wanda Herrera project was sort of on hold, you know, we recognized that as a junior exploration company, um, you know, sitting idle and, and being, you know, at the mercy of someone else is not, is not going to get anybody excited. And so we are, you know, we are a discovery team. We are built to go out and find something new and make discoveries. And so gold, uh, looking at, you know, gold opportunities and, and where could we go outside of the Dominican Republic? Uh, we looked around at a lot of different places. We looked at British Columbia and Ontario and southwestern United States. Uh, ultimately, Newfoundland and the opportunities that were presented to us there uh, attracted us, not simply because Newfoundland had become at that time a fairly hot jurisdiction where Eric Sprott was financing. It seemed like every junior company on the planet. Uh, but we, we we liked the geological merit of a couple of individual projects. <clears throat> My vice president of exploration, Michael Moore, had worked in Newfoundland in the past and 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 sort of had a an affinity for for the geological opportunities there and so we acquired uh, the Motherlode project uh, um, through a series of acquisitions that all culminated in one announcement but we actually consolidated about seven different property owners um, into a land package that was contiguous and and uh, about 16 kilometers in strike <clears throat> and had never been. Uh, consolidated before under one um, under one operatorship, so uh, it was quite a uh, quite an accomplishment to get that land package put together. And the attraction there was <clears throat> district scale potential. Um, a number of prior showings, there had been some, uh, you know, there were some 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 geochemical anomalies spattered throughout the the the, the projects, uh, and there had been some prior drilling. Um, you know, getting, you know. Uh, 10, 10 meters of a couple of grams per ton, 20 meters of, you know, 1.8 kind of thing. There had been some, some interesting sniffs and some smoke, but no real, nobody really been able to, to sort of put it all together. So we, uh, we started out through subsequent to the acquisition. We went in, we did good old fashioned boots on the ground. We, we did mapping and sampling throughout the project. We then uh, flew an airborne survey over the entire project and uh, delineated some some geophysical anomalies through through airborne work then went in and did some trenching and ground ip and vectored in on a few areas where we saw the geochemistry and the geophysics sort of pointing us uh to some anomalies and what we found is that there was a surface goss and a surface expression quite well mineralized there'd been grab samples uh up to 25 grams per ton gold off of that uh off of that Dawson. And so we identified a fairly significant uh, IP anomaly um, underneath that Gossen. And we recognized that none of the prior drilling in that area had intersected this, uh, this chargeability anomaly. And so we, um, we went in and we've completed a first phase of drilling here, about 2,700 meters of drilling, uh, 12 drill holes, and trying to intersect this uh, geophysical anomaly to see whether or not this is mineralized enough to justify going back and, and following up because it is open in multiple directions. So uh, really, this is kind of a, a proof of concept exercise. You know, we'd love nothing more than to get uh, significant uh, gold intercepts right out of the bat. But I think uh, identifying whether or not this has some potential for follow up is really the first key. And we should have those assay results back, we think, in, in the coming weeks.
And um, when did you consolidate the ownership? I mean, the, this the, the the work you've done. It sounds like a textbook uh, systematic exploration approach. It's you know it's lovely to hear it. Um, is, is this one or two years work, or is it three years? You know, how long has it taken to get to? No, we actually point. advanced this quite rapidly. Again, I think because you know we uh, the, the the Newfoundland story really became the focus because you know we had Barrick operating on on Pueblo Grande, we had you know Wanda Herrera on hold. So really, this was kind of the the focus of the team, and so we advanced it pretty quickly from you know, really within about a year to fourteen months uh, from acquisition to getting ready to drill. And I think that's a testament not only to you know, the asset and the opportunity, but also it's a testament to the streamlined processes of getting things done in Newfoundland, Canada. And I think that's part of the appeal uh, of that region or that province for us was, uh, you know, yes, you can you can identify, you know, quite interesting prospects, but uh, being able to get a drill permit inside of six to eight weeks of application is... Um, a huge advantage to being able to create some momentum and, and, and get things done in a, in a timely fashion. So we really appreciated that about, about operating in Newfoundland and, and uh, are hopeful that we have a justification to, to stay and do more. And what's the geology show you, you know, from your, um, those 12 holes, what have you intersected? What kind of um, geological units or, um, or alteration styles? Yeah, well, we're seeing uh, we are seeing some 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 alteration. I you know I, I think we'll want to sort of see what what uh, what we get back from the assay lab before we talk too much about uh, about the drilling. But uh, yeah, we we I think the drilling um, went according to plan. Uh, we're we're fairly pleased with um, you know the 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 uh, the process, if you will. We didn't have any real weather problems or issues, and uh, you know as I said, I think we. We intersected or bisected um, sort of the, the the types of um, targets that we were that we were targeting, and um, again at this point we'll sort of see what what the assays uh, come back and look like when we get that back from the lab. Obviously, if they if they're positive, that will lead to uh, phase two and and trying to find other targets of the similar style, but and also drilling out that one kind of a rational and systematic um, approach. If they're not good. Um, You've still got cash. You've still got geological brains, uh, and the the world is your oyster, so to speak. Yeah, I mean that's been a big part of the story here. So I, mean, I guess to, to, to sort of finish that subject, yes, I mean we are financed such that um, if we elect to re-engage, you know, at Motherload, there's more work. There's there's more targets to, to, to intersect, or we want to continue a long strike. We're we're equipped to do that. Uh, also, given that it's a Newfoundland project, we do have access, should we wish to, to um, utilize it, to, to flow through financing here in Canada, where you know we can raise additional money specifically for that project, often at a bit of a premium. So that's a nice position to be in. But yeah, we are sitting on you know somewhere near seven million dollars Canadian in, in the Treasury. That's unallocated. You know, all of all of our assets are owned 100%, with the exception of Mother Load that does have staged option payments, underlying option payments, uh, relatively modest. And um, so aside from sort of that immediate path of, you know, continuing on at mother load or maybe deploying money to one of our existing other projects, should we like to do so with this money, obviously, and this money came through Barrick. We, we did a transaction with Barrick uh, last May where, you know, they needed some pieces of ground from the earn in project, Pueblo Grande, 
that uh, they saw as necessary for infrastructure for Pueblo Viejo mine. And so we were able to do a, a cash deal with them where um, they wrote a check for $5 million US and we got a 3% NSR on those pieces of ground that were then tied in with their, with their mining uh, licenses. And uh, so that was non-dilutive money. That's money that came into the treasury without us has, having to issue any shares. Uh, it's hard dollars, um, so we can deploy that in any way we wish. And so part of what we've been doing since May when, when that transaction completed is looking at outside of the current portfolio, what kind of ways could we leverage that cash into something accretive? Uh, is there an acquisition to be had where a, a project that maybe has been orphaned or is not, you know, company owner is not able to access the capital necessary to advance it, where we could come in uh, and acquire that asset and have the cash to deploy on it immediately? Is there a M&A opportunity where someone's property portfolio and our cash with combined personnel maybe makes one plus one equals something greater than two. Uh, we've been looking at those kinds of things as well. So um, it, you know, we've kissed a lot of frogs. Uh, we've looked at quite a few things here that for one reason or another just don't quite cut it for us or, or, or don't get us excited enough to, to, to pursue. But we are still very much on uh, high alert, sort of looking for um, opportunities to, to grow out the company, add value to the company by leveraging this cash into something uh, greater than just having it sit in the treasury. It's hard, isn't it? My goodness, I've, I've spent time looking for assets and I've got uh, friends and uh, colleagues who are on this, um, on the same kind of uh, approach. We've got some cash, we've got access to capital, we're looking for quality projects in a good jurisdiction where we can work. Um, it's it's really really hard to find uh, the the right kind of asset, and as you say, you kiss a lot of frogs. Yeah, it it is hard, and I think it was you know I'll admit that I had, I really you know really wanted to 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 execute on something um, you know late last year or in the fall because you know the market was such that you know everything was so depressed, and if you did have money, you know you really had had a, had a an advantage, if you will, and um, and things were undervalued, and companies that, and again, I said this, uh, I believe I said this to, to Matt on one of these interviews recently. It's, you know, some of these things were were quite depressed, and it wasn't the usual case of you know bad management or the projects hadn't panned out. It, you could have you could have acquired a great asset, put out great drill results, and still not really had the ability to access additional capital to keep going. So. You know, never did I feel as if in most cases it was an indictment on management. It was just the market we were in. So I really, I really felt that, you know, we wanted to sort of take advantage of that, of that opportunity. Um, but again, I also didn't want to act uh, simply be for the desire to, to acquire something. It really had to be the right thing. And sometimes the most difficult thing to do is to say no to these things uh, because um, you feel this desire to do something. I mean, we're in the business here. We're entrepreneurial people. We're in the business of identifying opportunities and 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 transacting but uh you know i want something that's not going to be you know flash in the pan it's got to be something that i can feel comfortable standing behind in two years or three years or five years regardless of what the market sentiment may do in the interim so you know ticking all those boxes and as you say things like jurisdiction come into play um the, the world shrinks pretty quickly when you start to get critical of of, of these things and it, it does become a real challenge so on one hand, I feel as if, you know, I'd, I'd hope that we'd maybe done something by now. But on the other hand, uh, I don't want to do something that, that we can't stand behind long term. And that takes time. 
Um, th thank you. It's, it's so refreshing to hear someone talking so candidly about it. Um, <clears throat> I do feel that even though the gold price has popped and that some metal prices have um, recovered and some equities have recovered, I still think that there are a lot of companies out there which are going to struggle this year uh, to have the access to capital for the projects that they're that the that kind of they're looking to develop so i think there is that you know the door it hasn't passed you know the door hasn't closed there's there's still a very much a a, a chance to find an opportunity or something um, that merits it yeah i mean i i so i've just spent uh better part of about a week here in vancouver at three mining investment conferences the back to back to back and um that that was an interesting takeaway for me the sentiment was fantastic the attendance was far greater than these events last year. Um, and commodity prices look to be, you know, strengthening and, and every there's this great sense of optimism. Having said that, to your point, you know, uh, as I, you know, watch my, uh, my, my internet every morning, I'm not seeing a lot of grand financings being done, certainly in the, in the junior space yet. So yes, the market has improved. There's a, there's a level of optimism but we're not really seeing a flood of capital into into the space just yet. So I think your point is well taken in that, you know, things are better, but they're not. Everybody's not flush with cash uh, yet. So we still have, I think, a competitive advantage in that we have money, um, and we can still continue to be, um, you know, open to ideas. And if something comes along that makes sense, we can execute. Great. Well. Um... Good luck with that. And I look forward to uh, seeing the results from the drilling from Motherlode. Um, fingers crossed that they're good. Uh, and of course, seeing when and if you find an asset that's um, th that's worthy of your capital. Very good. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it.